Welcome back to the Zero Weakness Podcast, where we talk about how to be a better lifter, how to be a better coach, and everything in between. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. Back. Another powerlifting podcast, Zero Powerlifting Podcast. Uh, today's topic has been suggested by a handsome young member of mine, young Bjorn, uh, and he suggested the topic of intensifying techniques. That is, things to ramp up the intensity of training, think drop sets, supersets, think AMRAPs, think anything that is going to um, add difficulty, add intensity without necessarily just increasing load. In fact, it might involve decreasing load. Um, there's, there's a bit more to this than meets the eye. I think that one thing that many powerlifters, including myself in my own lifting uh, career, if you could call it that, uh, are guilty of is getting used to the idea that training for strength involves a lot of sub-max training. Now, very rarely are we going to failure. Very rarely are we going even close to the point of failure. We're capping the intensity to allow us to continue to build momentum all the time. Um, and that tends to then creep into our whole training mindset. We tend to take that then to smaller accessories or uh, you know assistance exercises that might uh, garner a lot of value if we increase the intensity of them rather than keeping them capped. And so I'm not saying that we need to go balls to the wall on everything all the time, but there is going to be a time and a place and there's going to be a value to using these um, intensifying techniques to add more intensity to training overall. Very rarely are we going to see that value applied to the main lift, applied to a squat bench deadlift for a power lifter. Sometimes we might use this technique, whether it's um, you know, adding some interest or some fun for someone who's newer. Um, there's something to be said for healthy competition uh, in terms of something like an AMRAP, for example, on a, you know, a bench press with body weight or something like that. Um, th there is times and places where we could uh, justify them for a softer reason. But from a pure training perspective, in terms of like just return on investment, very rarely, if ever, are we going to use them for squat bench deadlift. Where they're going to start to come in handy is in accessory work, especially as we get more and more isolated and look at training smaller muscles that we can afford to train closer to failure or even right to failure um, for purposes of whether it's conditioning, hypertrophy, whatever we may be using these techniques for, um, there's going to be certain uh, value that we can uh, ascribe or to these techniques. So some of the reasons you might use these, one thing that... Uh, is the worst power, powerlifting excuse that you ever hear is like, oh, my, my sessions take uh, three hours. You know, it takes me three hours to get through a session. You don't train for three hours. You're at the gym for three hours. If a training session is taking you three hours to get through, that says to us that you're probably just being slow. And there is going to be um, some incentive for delaying the rest period in the main lift, especially as the intensity of the main lift continues to go up. Uh, but most of the time, if you're resting for more than like three to five minutes for the main lift, you're probably just deconditioned. You probably just need more work capacity to uh, be able to get through training faster. My battery's going to die if I don't plug in right now. I don't really want to start this again. Sorry. Sorry, sorry.
So when it comes to decreasing the length of a session, we can use some of these de uh, we can use some of these techniques to ramp the intensity up and make the accessory training faster. We can use shorter rest periods. We can use supersets. We can use tricets. We can use drop sets to ramp up the intensity of these accessory exercises, depending on the purpose, um, to speed up a session. We can use them to add value in terms of just being fun. Like it's fun to chase a pump. If you've been doing powerlifting style training and you've adopted this mindset of, um, of sort of a capped intensity all the time, you kind of forget what it feels like to train hard, to walk away from the gym feeling pumped, to get that burn, to feel like you know your legs are shaking or you can't lift up your arms because your arms and shoulders and chest are so pumped. You kind of forget that feeling. And for a lot of us, we kept coming back to the gym because of that feeling. And returning to experiencing that feeling can kind of reignite some passion. I experienced this, you know, personally, I experienced this earlier this year. For the first time in ages, I switched my training style while I was trying to lose a bunch of weight. I did a lot of drop sets. I did controlled rest periods. No, I never rested more than a minute and a half for like three months on any of the lifts, including the main lifts. Um, each session was really quick. Each session left me sweating and huffing and puffing. Each session got me a mad pump and it felt good. Like it was a return to sort of how I used to train in the gym, which was just way too hard all the time, uh, but in a controlled and intelligent way this time around. And sometimes experiencing that spark, that nostalgia around like what training was for us in the early days, what it meant for us, what we did it for just to chase a pump and to feel good, kind of adds some... Um, uh, add some incentive to train like that and add some incentive to um, push again in the gym. It, it reignites a passion that you that you once had and it can be really valuable in that sense. Um, it can be good for modulating intensity, that is for um, making the weights that are lower feel relatively harder, which can you can use for a number of purposes. You can use to fatigue the muscle, especially if you're, again, doing the low-level isolation exercises. You can do this um, to work around uh, particular issues that you may have. So, for example, if you're experiencing some... Uh, tendinopathy around the uh, tricep tendinopathy or quad tendinopathy, you know, you might uh, uh, see value in adding a whole bunch of tempo to something like a leg extension and tricep push down to be able to complete uh, that session or that exercise to get the intended purpose out of it and to benefit rehab as well. Uh, so there are times and places where you're going to use these, these methods and I think it's important that we don't just write them off completely. Um, while it's not necessarily an intensifying uh, technique, Something like an AMRAP is valuable to talk about here as well. Um, so if you think about an AMRAP and what an AMRAP is, an AMRAP and a one rep max are the same thing. If you're doing as many reps as you can do, and on the last rep you fail, theoretically at that point in time, you've exceeded your one rep max. So if you do 10 reps and you fail the 11th, at that point in time, your 10th rep was your one rep max. And so like the reason we don't do one rep maxes every single week is because we know we can't then generate enough volume. We can't stimulate enough uh, breaking of adaptation to continue to drive strength adaptations or hypertrophy adaptations. So we don't do one rep maxes every week. And as such, we shouldn't do AMRAPs every week. We just shouldn't do that. And a lot of people will still program AMRAPs um, every week thinking that it might have some sort of strength or hypertrophy benefit. So from a pure training value standpoint, again, return on investment, not a lot of value. However, uh, AMRAPs are really fun. Like we used to have this challenge in the gym, uh, just, it wasn't a real challenge. It was just, you know, uh, among some of the boys where on a, on a shoulder day, we'd do an AMRAP 60 kilo incline bench press. And it was just a, a great deal of fun. And we'd do it every couple of weeks just to see 
you know, uh, breed some healthy competition and have some fun. Um, it didn't detract from training because we weren't doing it frequently or intensely enough to detract from training. Um, it didn't add any real value to training besides some camaraderie, besides some friendship, besides some healthy competition. And there is value in that stuff. Like it keeps, again, it keeps uh, some passion ignited. It breeds some competition. It breeds some grit. Doing an AMRAP really breeds grit. When you really go to failure, you know what failure feels like. You know what muscular failure feels like. You know what uh, breaking mental barriers feels like. There is value in this stuff. It's just about working out how do we as coaches know when to prescribe this stuff and how to prescribe this stuff. How do we as coaches um, encourage this stuff if people are... Um, uh, are doing it and how to discourage it if people are doing it too frequently or not using it in a way uh, that's going to benefit training or using it in a way that's actually detracting from training. So it's just about knowing what these techniques are, where they can be used, uh, where you can derive value from, um, and uh, hopefully that's enough information to uh, help you out. If you have any questions on this, feel free to hit us up. Always happy to talk. I will catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to the Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, zero underscore weakness. Hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.